0: All right, welcome, welcome in to the 76th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. This week, we have a great one for you. We're going to be going over some reports from around the realm. We've seen some crazy things go on in the last couple of days, uh, including Tom Brady retiring, Sean Payton, Kellen Moore. After that, we have a Knights duel. We're bringing the segment back. We're going to be pitting two players against each other that we feel have similar or equal fantasy dynasty values and we're going to be going back and forth on that uh before we get into the episode though I wanted to give a shout out to underdog fantasy underdog fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the dynasty monarchy podcast and wanted to also give a shout out to our twitter at dynasty monarchy you can get a signed jalen hurts jersey for free all you got to do is follow us and retweet our pin tweet there's a couple different ways that you could also enter max is going to be breaking it down right as we get in again Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Let's go.
1: Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and
0: Jace here we go episode number 76 of the dynasty monarchy podcast whoever you may be however you may be listening apple Podcasts, spotify welcome welcome in usual suspects back again for another week jace holding it down in the desert max and super producer up there in the land i'm in the city of brotherly love via
2: new jersey currently um gentlemen how are we doing we're going peter uh, I'm excited to be on the pod excited to talk fantasy football and just excited to see your smiling face Peter I'll pass it to JB
3: feeling good getting excited for the Super Bowl gonna be fun to watch uh Andy Reid coach against his f- former team um see if maybe Kadarius Tony can get that ankle taken care of before they you know before the Super Bowl get him moving again um just uh, gonna be fun to watch him on the biggest stage and yeah it's gonna be great to see uh old Patty Mahomes and Jalen Hurts going after it. I think it's going to be a good game. I think they match up pretty good and going to see if uh, those Eagles when faced against a, an opponent like the the Chiefs, if they can step up to the plate and, you know, get her done. It's going to be a good, uh, going to be a good Super Bowl.
1: Super producer. I think you've summed it up, Jace, like super excited for the Super Bowl. Um, and honestly, it is disappointing though, because these will be the last defensive prop plays
0: that I will play this season.
1: And that, <laughs> that brings me sad.
0: mad, sadness for sure. Sad. Next see the IDP goat on the podcast. Um, we do have an extra week before the Super Bowl. We will do be doing our Super Bowl preview next week. Um, We're going to debut a segment next week. It's going to be called Max has to say one nice thing about the city of Philadelphia. That's going to be a can't miss episode, trying to hear him talk about Philly in a positive light. But we can leave that for next week. Wanted to start off the episode with this. I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter lately. I'm sure you have. Uh, There's a popular podcast called Macro Dosing, where they talk about conspiracy theories, et cetera. And former NFL player Arian Foster mentioned on it that the NFL was scripted. And obviously it was a lighthearted joke, but some people are taking it to heart. I just wanted to know, what is your favorite scripted moment from the NFL over your lifetime? Mine, Mine personally is you know imagine alex smith reading mm. his script when he snapped his leg in half true that that's got to be that's got to mm. be an all-timer when alex smith read that one
3: the so. one that popped into my head was tom's comeback in the super bowl against the falcons that was just like one of those scripted one of those suit yeah you know they just wanted to cement his legacy and Have a like career defining moment happen as
0: Joe Montana and Super Bowls.
3: Yeah, that one that's the one that popped up in my head.
0: I think my favorite scripted moment would be
1: Deshaun Kaiser reading the script for the season before the Browns start their 0 16 season.
2: (laughs) All right, Odell Beckham catching the ball on that November game versus the Dallas Mm. Cowboys, reading that and knowing that that one catch will change his career has one catch. And then after that, he was like low key mid
0: for like ever, but he always had that one catch max. He did. All right. Before we get into our first segment, wanted to just give a special shout out to underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the dynasty monarchy podcast. When you play on underdog fantasy, it is stress free fantasy football. They primarily have best ball drafts. Best ball is the easiest and most stress-free way to play fantasy football. Your draft is the key. Once you finish your draft, there's no league management aspects. All you have to do is sit back and watch those points accrue. Ooh, I guess I'm a rhymer now. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a $100, $100 deposit match in bonus cash. MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a $100 bonus match. Cash deposit match. Let's get into reports. All right, Tom Brady has announced his retirement from the NFL again. Uh, We had a big long uh, spiel about it last year. I feel like the world kind of feels the same. Tom really isn't getting his flowers this time around as much as he did a year ago. Let's move past it. We've talked about it uh, a lot this past season, if it would be his last year. We're a Dynasty podcast. Let's talk about the implications on Mike Evans as well as Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin I'm not too worried about just given his age. He's only 26 years old. He has the potential out after next season. It could be this season if they want to take some dead cap in there. Um, I do think Tampa Bay, I think they blow it up. Mike Evans, I mean, I want to say I'm worried about him, but the guy puts up a 1,000 yards every single season. With Jameis, with Tom, it really doesn't matter. So not too worried about him. Leonard Fournette, I mean, people already just write him off as dead. I think people would rather just have an empty roster spot than him. I mean, I'd to be like, hey, I'll give you Leonard Fournette. And they say I, he doesn't move the needle. And honestly,
0: doesn't. man doesn't.
2: If he goes anywhere, he's going to be a viable backup. So it doesn't really matter. It's like you're paying... Some people will pay a second round pick for like a guy like Raheem Mostert. So and he's 31 years old. So I think Leonard Fournette still has some value. He doesn't belong on waivers, but his value obviously drops losing Tom and just his age.
3: Yeah. In my opinion, the running backs there are pretty dead to me. I mean, Rashad White, I think, because he's young and showed some promise um i mean i test wise and fancy point wise but other than that i believe he's somewhere in the three point something yards per carry not very efficient i mean i would be trying to sell him for a mid-second round pick in this rookie class if i could i'd be all over that Um, acquiring 24 capital for these guys second round picks i'm all about it just just move off of them Um, And if you need to reacquire them for depth later, if they're on, you know, finding a new team or we got a better idea of what Tampa is going to look like, I just have zero interest in that offensive line that rebuild and then the running backs that are going to be running as part of it. Mike Evans definitely got to be concerned. I mean, the Bucs were throwing a lot this season because the offensive line was so bad. They couldn't run a lot of quick throws. So I think Mike Evans like compiled his way to a good season just because just based on sure volume. But I feel like if he got the same amount of volume he got this season, you know, where he put up eleven hundred twenty four yards like I feel like he could have put up a thirteen hundred yard season and like. 14 touchdowns with that much volume. And he ended up with 11, 24 and six touchdowns. So dude's going to be 30 next season. The cliff is there. You know, wide receivers can age a lot better than uh, running backs. But I think as someone who owned Mike Evans for an entire season in a PPR league, it was not a fun experience there for a while. I mean, I made it to the championship and won it in that league because of Mike Evans, but I was so lucky to even get to that point because the three, four, five, six weeks prior, Mike Evans should have been on my bench. So I, I think we've seen some signs of decline. Chris Godwin, though, Max, I'm with you. I mean, he's a Deontay Johnson type. He's gonna get volume because he can separate. He's a solid, smart, savvy route runner. I think he's fine. He's someone that, you know, people could be, you know, they might want 111 112, 110 instead of Chris Godwin and depending on your team context, like I would most likely be acquiring Godwin for that price.
0: Yeah. I want to, we can talk about Godwin uh, later in the off season. I feel like he'll still have fantasy relevance, but I feel like this is a very crucial time for Mike Evans, investors and, and owners. Let's reassess what goes on in Tampa, right? We have one of three options for him. So either a number one, he stays in Tampa and there's no quarterback. Number two, he leaves Tampa and goes to an offense. Like, let's say, you know, I'm just throwing it out there and this isn't set in stone like the Cowboys. They need a receiver. That would be very, very nice. Right. That would be fun. And then your third option is he stays in Tampa and gets a quarterback that can feed him the rock. Right. So when I think about it, two out of three of these opportunities are positive. I really don't think he would get traded to a team like the Bears. I don't think you know you know what I mean like these these quote unquote bad teams. I don't think that he would find his way to one of these worse off teams. I think that's a better way to put it. uh I think two out of the three future options for Mike Evans are positive. so I would hold on to him if I was a dynasty owner of him. I wouldn't be scared with the Tom Brady News. I think I would just keep the boat steady and drive forward and worst comes to worst. I think James Winston, he's provided him thousand yard seasons, not season seasons before. So I could see a guy of that caliber going down there and helping out. Let's keep moving forward. Sean Payton to Denver. Jace, I want you to have the floor you know, this is, this is for your guy. Yeah. I, I want to hear, I want to hear all the feelings from you.
3: Oh baby, here we go. It is rebound season for the Broncos. Um, you know, Vic Fangio on the defensive side is gone. He's going to Miami. Maybe that defense suffers a little bit. Offense has to be out on the field more than uh, it was last season. Watching Russ last year, the velocities there, the moon ball's there. Um, like, physically, he looks fine. I think he just had some yips. I think bad coaching, bad offensive line. Everything went wrong. You bring in a guy like Sean Payton, who... We know who Sean Payton is and what he can do for our, our fantasy options. So it's rebound season. I I we I feel like we've been preaching go by Russ, go by Judy, go by Sutton for the longest time now. And it's uh I'm very much still in that camp. And yeah, if uh Jerry Judy can be anything like Michael Thomas, even like the the B minus version or flat B version of Michael Thomas. I'm all about that. I, I think there's going to be a lot to go around. Cortland Sutton is dirt cheap. You can probably acquire for like a 207 or 206, 205 and one quarterback league. And if you need a wide receiver that's got some upside, uh, especially week to week, I like I really can see like a Mike Williams uh, type of outcome for him where he can put up 11, 12 touchdowns and something over a thousand yards and making a lot of big splash plays down the field. So, I'm just fired up for this offense. And a big part of Sean Payton as well is the tight ends uh, in the past with him have been touchdown machines. I mean, Sean Payton loves to throw the ball to his tight ends in the end zone. Jared Cook was a beast in that department for a long time. And I think Greg Dulcich is a guy that is much more versatile than a Jared Cook who can run a lot, um, a much more diverse route tree, can get open at different levels of the field and I think. If some of that touchdown magic carries over, I mean, Greg Dulcich is a must, must buy right now at current cost. It might be higher than it's ever been, but there's a he can really, really ascend um, if things go right and can recapture some of that New Orleans tight end magic.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's keep moving forward. Kellen Moore is signing as offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. I said a couple weeks ago, I, I believe I said it on the podcast, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I said, it's time to buy Justin Herbert. I said it a couple of weeks ago, they were going to get an offensive mind in there to make sure that he progresses at the right clip. I did not think it would be this good. I didn't think that they would get an offensive coordinator like Kellen Moore. He's proved with a guy like Dak Prescott over the last couple of years that he can be productive. And I think that's really important Uh, for Justin Herbert, who has been at times inconsistent, so if we can see some consistency from Justin Herbert this upcoming offseason, get an extra weapon in there, because I think Keenan Allen might be on the chopping block. I really, really, really see Herbert taking a giant leap forward in 2023.
2: Yeah, I was surprised Dallas let Kellen Moore go. I really was. I know everyone's like, oh, Dak, Sox, Dak, those interceptions. We forget what Dak was before he got that ankle injury, man. That guy was on a historic pace if Kellen Moore can have Dak put up the season that he had and only having CD, let's say they add someone and Keenan Allen's gone. Sure. Then Mike Williams and whoever, or Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Justin Palmer, whoever it is. I really think that those three get like, those guys are going to have increased just everything this year. I really do. So I think Mike, I have Mike Williams right now. People might as well just offer me a third at this point. I don't know if it's me owning him or who it is. The guy's good. He puts up really good numbers when he plays and people just hate on him, but go buy Mike Williams. JB, yeah. let me,
0: ho- let me hop in before you start. Go ahead. Something that I want to t- talk about Superflex leagues, Justin Herbert. Like, let's say he's one of the un- quote unquote untouchables, right? He's up there with, you know, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, to some degree Jalen hurts now, right? Like those like top six, you know, Dynasty quarterbacks. I would do everything in my power to trade for Justin Herbert right now. He put up five thousand yards with an incompetent offensive coordinator, and broken ribs that he literally just got surgery on like two years ago.
3: And it, yeah, broken ribs and a torn labrum, and the and ribs, the torn labrum. The ribs happened like week two. Pro Football Reference. Has him at 4,700, so maybe playoff included is where we're getting the 5,000 5, from. Yeah, but
0: he basically put up 5,000. But he
3: put players. up 5,000 the year before and still put up 4,700 passing yards, um, only 25 touchdowns. But, yeah, man, that is that was a big selling point for me. Like, this dude, so young, 24 years old. Last season was the QB2 in points per game. I mean, and I think too, even if the weapons are kind of sifting in and out, I think we just saw it with Mahomes this season losing Tyreek Hill. If you got one chain mover on the team, and I think Mike Williams has shown us in flashes that he can be that guy. Nixie, we were chatting earlier, and you said a lot of the mocks have the Chargers grabbing a first round wide receiver at their pick. I mean, I really don't care who the wide receivers are, young, old tall short injury prone or not like he's going to ball out and Max you brought up a lot of goodness about Dak Prescott because he was a top end fantasy quarterback chucking the ball 50 plus times per game. They were running uh you know their offense through him and I think I mean you got a guy like Justin Herbert I mean and if you've forgotten how good he is his tight window throws are literally just I mean it is I'm, I'm at a loss for words for how beautiful they are. It is like he is a rare football thrower. And PK, I'm with you. I just acquired him today. Anywhere I am playing fantasy football, Justin Herbert is going to be my quarterback.
0: Everything in your power. Everything in your power to go do that in
2: Superflex.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Superflex is hard, man. I mean, that's that's everything in your power. Three, three first. I easily slam without Four a doubt three. in my mind. Four firsts, that's probably what he's worth. Wow. What's he worth in one quarterback?
0: First and a half. I, re- I really think he's got, like, top four upside. Like, yeah. every single season he comes in.
3: Easily. Yeah, I think – I mean, one quarterback is tough, but I think that, like, I-, I sold Kyler Murray for 107 before, you know, when he was still considered, like, borderline elite, kind of where Herbert's at right now. And I think, yeah, kind of cool. like that 108, 107, 109 towards the middle to back. I think that's, that's, I mean, it is a roster spot. You have to feel, feel like it. Quarterbacks are pretty easy to come by and there's lots of depth and you can stream it pretty easy, but like the kid is 24 years old was the QB two? his second year was a top 10 quarterback as a rookie. Like I, I think we're gonna see Justin Herbert in some Super Bowls, hopefully, and I think uh, the ascension is upon us. I had
0: this rant a couple of weeks ago, and we just devalue quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues, and it, it's so sad. Like, if you have one of those top top end elite guys that's giving you twenty three a game, obviously twenty three a game is is a lot, but if you like can balance out like anywhere between twenty to like twenty four a game that's just an almost like instant win over your competitor every week. It's so they create almost a quarter of your total fantasy points on a week. And if your quarterback busts or doesn't do well, it just completely sets you up for failure on a week.
3: Justin Herbert, 23.3 fantasy points per game last season as the QB two. True difference maker.
2: Comment. I just, because I'm genuinely curious, I really am. What is Mike Williams worth?
3: Early second round pick, two hundred one, uh, two hundred one to two hundred four. I would pay that. I think he's worth two hundred one. Yeah, they see like, through in two seconds. Yeah, two mid seconds. Yeah, I think so. Two mid seconds, mid mid to early second, and a maybe another second in like twenty five or something like that. It, I think. He's no longer in first round territory, which he probably shouldn't have ever been there. But um, I will uh, put myself in front of the gun. And, uh, yeah, I was the one preaching he was worth the first. And I take that back. You know, I take that back for sure.
2: No, I think he's worth that range, too. And people, like I said, they really offer me like he's worth like a third rounder. So that's basically what Nick
0: a week ago, he was worth like 210. 209 and then with this oc signing he i'm in i'm in all right let's move on to our night's duel all right back again another night's duel episode uh first and foremost i wanted to kick this one off this is a player that we mentioned earlier and just mentioned in the last segment we have mike evans And then we're pitting him up against Christian Kirk in dynasty value. These are two players that we feel have similar dynasty values. Mike Evans, given his consistency over the last couple of years, he was the wide receiver 17 and a half point PPR unrestricted free agent in 2024. He is 29 years old. Christian Kirk coming off the season of his life. He's 26, a little bit older than people think that he is. He's 26. He finishes the wide receiver 11 unrestricted free agent in 2026. So he is tied at the hip to Trevor Lawrence and his future development.
2: I want to start off with Max. Give me your argument, which side you landed on. Honestly, I I think you guys know I'm not a Christian Kirk fan at all. I'm not. But when I look at it and I was looking at Mike Evans and how consistent he has been, and then I Google Mike Evans age. By the time the season starts, he'll be 30 years old. I understand that DeAndre Hopkins is 31, Adams is around that age too. And it's just, it's crazy to me how we hold this narrative where it's like, oh, you're 30 and we still value you at this really high price, but oh, you're 30 and oh my gosh, the wheels are completely falling off. And I feel like Mike Evans still gets that really high price when he just lost Brady. He's going to turn 30 years old. He's been in the league. This will be his 10th season. It's not like he was like late to the game or anything. He's done it for nine straight years. So I just feel like that time's like kind of off right now. I'm going to go with Christian Kirk who doesn't turn 27 until November. He did prove it this year. Trevor Lawrence, we know what the quarterback play is. So he's going to prove it again next year too. You know, I'm not a Christian Kirk fan, but between those two, I'm taking Christian Burke. I really am.
3: Yeah. One Burke to another. I'm going to go with Christian Kirk as well. Um, Yeah, I think the age is definitely a big concern of mine. And as much as I think Ridley's going to step in and be the one next season, there is the chance that Christian Kirk is the one again. And I'm wrong on that. And I think a lot of people would side with Ridley stepping in and being the one. But, I mean, we act like we know all the time until we don't. And we, you know, mess around and find out. So I just think there's a lot more upside, I think, You know, like if the wheels really start falling off, I think it might be harder to get a second round pick for a Mike Evans than a younger guy like Christian Kirk, if that's kind of like what you were chasing value wise. Um, Yeah. And I think there's going to be Christian Kirk at the beginning of next season. I think while Ridley's getting involved in the offense could start slow, potentially getting his footing again. And Christian Kirk, it, it could be, oh, he's the true number one. Here it comes. I mean, I think there's a really good sell high window, which I don't even think I could see one for Mike Evans at this point anymore like I feel like he's no longer I mean like 201 202 in this rookie draft in a one quarterback league 12 teamer like I feel like that's close for Mike Evans and that's the first time that's ever been the case in his career and I think it only goes down from here so yeah
0: all right I'm gonna land on the Christian Kirk side as well you know how I feel but I want to link this back to a conversation we had earlier in the episode. We were talking about um, Joe Lombardi's departure and how Kellen Moore has basically increased the value of these chargers receivers and how we trust a great offensive coordinator and a great offensive mind to lead a young quarterback into, you know, quote unquote, the promised land, the dynasty quarterback promised land. I'm going to do the same exact thing for Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I'm backing that horse. We saw it this past season. We saw a lot of development early in the year from Trevor Lawrence and I'll say development nicely. Obviously he was not having the best games, but after finding himself comfortable in that Doug Peterson system, which is very quarterback friendly, it's a very quarterback advantageous. Christian Kirk was able to become, he didn't start. He became a wide receiver one this season. He was Absolutely incredible, including in the postseason. They play a cupcake schedule in the AFC South. Um, I, I just – I'm extremely high on Christian Kirk this upcoming offseason, and I know Max is not, but I'm very excited to see him finish as a top 16 receiver again this year. And Max is going to have to hit that Waffle House. Ooh, baby.
2: Whatever it is, I can't wait till he doesn't finish. He'll be in like the 18 to 24 range, but not there, Peter.
0: All right, let's move on. Next one up. I feel like this one actually is very close, and this one's going to be dependent on this upcoming offseason and the news around camp trades, et cetera. But as of this moment right now, we have Garrett Wilson in the New York Jets and Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions, two players we feel have similar dynasty values.
2: Um, I'll start us off. I guess we'll just continue the same order. I'll keep it quick. I'm going with Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I know what his situation is. I know with Goff. I know he's a target hog. He's a PPR monster. If you play in full point, that's the guy you want. Yes, Garrett Wilson has the draft capital. Yes, Garrett Wilson had a pretty solid rookie season, but I still just don't know who his quarterback is. If you tell me he gets Aaron Rodgers, 100%, I'll take Garrett Wilson. But even with Goff and that Lions offense that's going to be passing the football, I'll take Amon Ra
0: Jace, before you start, Garrett Wilson is currently 22 years old. He finishes the wide receiver 21. Unrestricted free agent in 2027 seems like a long way away. Namrana St. Brown is two years older, two years earlier on the unrestricted free agency. Finishes the wide receiver seven, wide
3: receiver seven and half point PPR. For me, it's Garrett Wilson, and it's a, I mean, it's a relatively tough decision, but to me, Garrett Wilson Max, he's kind of made some of my points for me. Like he's got the draft capital um he's like he's the true number one on that team I don't you know Elijah Moore I think we're all praying for the man that he can rebound but I think we're praying that he can be a decent number two at this point with some week-to-week upside like my big thing too is with everyone that wasn't Zach Wilson Garrett Wilson was like a top five wide receiver as a rookie like points per game wise don't have that information in front of me but if I can remember to bring it to the next show, I will. I mean, the dude was a top elite wide receiver uh, with literally Mike white, Joe Flacco. I probably could have walked out there and provided, you know, the points that Zach Wilson wasn't just because the dude's a freak. He can, he can house balls from 60 plus yards and I, he's just, he's built different. Like he strikes me as a young Devonte Adams, uh, in a way, like he's just that he's going to be that good one day. Um, And also is an awesome route tree chase. And he goes
0: over the middle. He comes underneath. He goes deep. He does. He plays X, Y, and Z on the field, which is awesome.
3: Yeah. And I love Amon Ross St. Brown, but like he does have a Jameson Williams who had top 15 draft capital behind him. And Peter, you're one of the people thinking saying that he could be the number one in that offense and take over from Amon Ross. So there is that risk, although I'm not necessarily behind that. That is a risk that Garrett Wilson doesn't have. Final point Garrett Wilson had 147 targets this season. Amon Ra had 146. Garrett Wilson, 1,103 yards. Amon Ra St. Brown, 1,161 yards, only 58 yards difference between them. This is Garrett Wilson, the rookie. Amon Ra, the second year wide receiver. Amon Ra St. Brown, where's the big
0: variance? The touchdowns?
3: No nope. touchdowns. Garrett Wilson had four. Amon Ra had six. Not a huge difference there. Very fluky. Could see that flip flop pretty easily next season. The biggest discrepancy was catches. Garrett Wilson only 83 catches. Amon Ra St. Brown 106. That's a big difference maker in full PPR, maybe not as much in half PPR, but I think it speaks volumes about who Garrett Wilson is and what he's about. The fact that he caught only 83 balls and, you know, what is the math on that? 23 less balls than uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and turned it into only 58 fewer yards and two less touchdowns as a rookie with Joe Flacco and Mike white, and like, Mike White, come on, come on. And the draft capital, it's, it's a pretty easy one for me, but it is like uh depending on where you're at in your dynasty leagues could be a trade that you could easily see go through. All right. I'm
0: going to abstain from it. Given my dot, like my love for the jets. I, I can't, in good conscience, advise the people wrong here. So I'll give it
3: to Super Producer Nixie. Nick Nixie, Nick step in and split the tie. Just got to jump in. This is the battle of the nicknames on this podcast. We got Juicy St. Brown, the first nickname on this podcast, and I think the fan favorite, Tokyo Drift for Garrett Wilson. Pretty fun matchup in that regard. Go, go, Tokyo.
1: Dude, this is probably the, the best one, in my opinion, that we have slated. You know, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but, like, dude, this is so tough. And, like, I think I, I draw back to what Max said on the, in the fact that, like, you don't know what Garrett Wilson's quarterback situation is going to look like moving forward. And, all right, bro, if he gets Rodgers, all right, like, all right, there's, there is there is that possibility. Me. Even Derek Carr or anything, but, like, I feel like I still have to lean Aminra and, like, even like Jay, she brought up like, okay, the catches were the biggest discrepancy. I mean that was that was the difference in Amon Ra being wide receiver seven and Garrett Wilson being in wide receiver twenty one. And like I get like all right, quarterback accuracy and like catchable targets, everything like that all plays a factor into it. But I don't know. I the way that we've seen Amon Ra use this past year, even the end of two years ago, at this point you can see that he's just a target monster. This is a big thing too. in like fantasy football, like everyone tries to downplay like slot wide receivers. I don't even know what Amin Ra's like route percentage was in the slot and everything like that, but okay. Let's say that it's more than Wilson, obviously. So I don't know. At the end of the day, he's getting catches. That's going to get you more points and like Amonrah's already shown that he can do it at an elite level. Garrett Wilson is elite, bro. I like I'm not trying to take away from that at all, but I, I'm going to lean Amonra and who knows once Rogers goes there, it's
3: already a dumb discussion. It's an interesting one for sure. I just think to me, like even if it was Mike White or Joe Flacco, I would love to see the stats compared to Amonra St. Brown. Uh, with that because if that was literally who it ended up being again that was like a legit top five weapon so that's my big thing and also with Amon Ra, and this is also don't want it to seem like I'm poo-pooing him either but Jared Goff is not the end-all be-all there so whereas Garrett Wilson's in quarterback hell right now potentially Amon Ra could be there you know uh, you know in the 2024 season so it's like uh, there is the QB discrepancy could change
1: it's super interesting like for the Lions, at least, because I, I don't remember where I saw this. I don't know if you guys saw this as well, but I think the GM or or maybe even Dan Campbell said that, like, they didn't view Jared Goff as, like, a bridge quarterback.
0: No, they didn't think anyone is, with him.
1: Right, exactly, which is, is super interesting. But at the end of the day, too, it's like, Amon Ross A. Brown just put up a top seven in half PPR season with Jared Goff. And, like, I think that's the thing that Max has said, and Max, like I know you love the lines and everything and like golf can produce whether or not he's going to win games. I think that that's beside the point. But whether or not he can just chuck up enough balls, pause for Aminrod to, to grab. I mean, that's really what you're looking for at the end of the day. But yeah, I, I do think that's super interesting, Jace.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that could also be coach speak as well, just playing devil's advocate, because you got to say that for the guy that is going to start for your team that almost made the playoffs the previous season. So like, you kind of got to say that in a way, but, um, you know, Jared Goff provided a top five season to Cooper Cup before Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup, you know, like Jared Goff is no joke when it comes to supporting fantasy options. So in the future, if he does leave, after this next season or whenever, wherever he goes, that wide receiver, like let's try to remember this conversation because it could be, uh, you know, name your favorite wide receiver that hasn't necessarily panned out yet. Like a DJ Moore that gets Jared Goff, like throw the chippies in, throw it in. All right. Let's keep moving forward. We got another one up here, which I actually really
0: think is more interesting than people might think. Off the uh, off the bat, we have Chris Olave or T. Higgins. Chris Olave being 22 years old, free agent in 2027. He was the wide receiver 25 in his rookie season. T. Higgins, 24 years old, wide receiver 18, unrestricted free agent in 2024.
2: I'm going to start us off. If you're listening to the pod right now, I want you to, and you want extra entries, where it's going to be waves at the end, but I really think. Extra entries into now, what, man. Into our Jalen Hurts signed giveaway jersey. If you're listening to the pod right now, please DM us a photo of Michael Thomas catching a touchdown. Any photo in the Superdome. Any Saints photo in the Superdome. Yes. But you could DM us that. You could DM us Sean Payton and Drew Brees winning a Super Bowl. Whatever it is, any Saints photo has to be in the Superdome, though. That's our Easter egg for the episode. And I will give you... I'll give you three if it's a, a regular photo, but if you pick a really good photo, I'll give you a five.
0: There you go. Five extra entries and max, what's your opinion on T. Higgins versus Chris Olave?
2: That's right. We should probably get back to why we do this episode. to the podcast. I'm going to go with Chris Olave just because of, I don't know, the situation. I get T. Higgins could go on a new team and become the one. I mean, T. Higgins is freaking amazing, right? But Chris Olave is literally the only guy there. Michael Thomas is practically a walking corpse at this point. Um, Olave had a very good season with Andy Dalton, and it takes T. Higgins to have a good season with Joe Burrow. He's just competing for those targets, you know? So if the Saints could get a guy like Derek Carr and then put Olave with that, I mean, look out, seriously. like He's going to be... The top 5 dynasty wide receiver. But a lot of what ifs in this just based off metrics, draft capital, route running ability, I'm going to go with Chris Olave. I like T Higgins's size better obviously, but
0: you want to let's let's do a connect the dots here. The Saints are going to suck next year. They are going to be bad. Caleb, Caleb Williams watch.
2: Caleb Williams. There it
0: is. Caleb Williams watch if you're a Chris Olave owner. You better hope the Saints are terrible. Or yep. god-awful. And they fire Dennis Allen. Then they <laughs> go get Kellen Moore as their head coach. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Peter will be all over that. You think he likes J-Mo now. Chris oh, Olave. can pay his whole team. I'm going with Olave. It's close. I'll pass it to JB.
3: I do love me some T. Higgins. I think this one is uh, – that's not who I'm going with. I'm actually going with Chris Olave. But Whoa. Uh, and this is a guy who was not on the Chris Olave train was and literally my dynasty team in our most important league is named the dynasty. I've had T Higgins on that team for maybe two seasons now. And like, I just, I'll probably never let him go. I love him so much. Um, But yeah, I think you, I think it depends. Like if you're, I don't know. I don't know. I think you got to go with Olave. Honestly, like I trying to think of arguments for T, but you got to go with Olave because He's safe. I mean, his rookie season, the dude just put up 119 targets, 72 catches, and 1,042 yards. Only four touchdowns. Could very well end up like being the next DJ Moore. Like we know, he's so good, it just never happens because he gets the quarterback. But you know, I, I think I just think I got to chase the upside with Olave. He really is the the number one there. I don't think anyone's gonna come in and surpass him. He is a legit legit talent and that's coming from a guy who was not the highest on him but demands a lot of targets runs a high a dot like there's just a lot to love there and I think T Higgins is going to be a bangle at least until he's 26 and because of that I think what Olave put up his rookie season is kind of like I mean, what T. Higgins has been doing the past couple of seasons, like, let's see what is it? Just over a thousand yards and six, seven touchdowns. Like, I think that's who T. Higgins is as a bangle. Like, he's obviously gonna be the second to Jamar Chase, and that's really good. That's like, I mean, week to week, this dude's like an alpha wide receiver, high end wide receiver too. I mean, actually, I would put him more like mid-tier wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one, but week to week can be the wide receiver one on the week. So it It is really, really tough, but I think Chris Olave trade value wise probably carries a little bit more because of the age and draft capital and that the fact that he projects to be a one. So I think based on that, I'll, I'll go with Chris Olave, but the, that one's that one's really tough and it'll be kind of interesting to see over like the next three, four seasons, kind of how that pans out for these two guys. You know what, Jace, I was coming
0: into this argument firm on the T Higgins side. And just like Max said, he somehow managed a way to weasel me into like a different player. <laughs> I was really in on T, but Jace kind of the last couple segments when we were talking about Joe Mixon is like, oh, they're just gonna restructure his contract. I'm gonna go with T Higgins. I, I, I can't explain why. I, I just <laughs> I, I'm actually flustered. Like, I, I know you guys can see my face on the Zoom that we have right now. I'm actually flustered when I'm thinking about this because I like Olave, but I just – I like – pause me beforehand before I say this, but I like the size and and the Mm. length of T. Higgins a little bit more than I like the (laughs) the longevity of Chris Olave.
2: See, I I think you could have just left it at you like the size of T. Higgins, but the length, man, the length's what got me. He does
0: have serious length. Look, size is like a tall thing length is like sauce got the length his arms go below his knees that's length
3: i believe t T. higgins is a number one in contested catch rate um since 2020 i think i saw a stat about that the other day second was mike williams by the way so
0: he's a contested catch guy that can actually run routes which is why it's so impressive
3: yeah it's so here's some stats rookie season chris olave here's what we got Uh, 15 games played, 119 targets, 72 catches, 1,042 yards, four touchdowns. T. Higgins, 109 targets, 10 targets less, 74 catches, two catches more, 1,029 yards, and seven touchdowns. So yards, Chris Olave got him. Um, Targets, Chris Olave got T. Higgins. And then... Catch wise, Chris Olave fell too short. But this is rookie season, Chris Olave. This is third year T. Higgins that we're talking about. So it is like the worst case scenario for Chris Olave is that he gets DJ Moore. And we see the same season year in and year out, just four touchdowns. Maybe eleven hundred yards, and we just never see the peak. Whereas with T. Higgins, I get that we're probably going to get the same thing, but week to week, or if Jamar Chase misses time, like we're talking about, an easy top ten guy that can easily be the wide receiver one on the week. And I just I don't know if Chris Olave necessarily has wide receiver one on the week upside like T. Higgins
2: does right now with Andy Dalton. But you put like Derek Carr, I think is a perfect candidate to go there, and I think if Derek Carr goes there like Chris Olave will be, a- I,
3: I think it's an easy decision. If a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr or yeah, anyone, a, bro, a, any guy, anyone that's decently competent, yes I, I think is makes it an easy decision, but if it ends up being just, I don't know, I'm trying like a Baker Mayfield or something like. We should do a, a decently competent quarterback ranking. Certainly. Jared Goff is.
0: Decently top. (laughs) He he is 1A of the decently competent quarterback class.
2: Top 10 fans. Just
0: good enough. Just good enough to lose with. Yep, 100%. All right, let's keep moving on. I got two more for us, and then we can go on our merry way. First one was definitely a bigger argument last season. Both these guys had extremely, extremely disappointing years. Mark Andrews finishes the tight end four, did not score a touchdown since week six. Max, I know this is a sore subject for you, uh, but we're pitting him against Kyle Pitts. You get, see what I did there? You guys see it? That's solid. You guys see what I did there? Andrews, 27, Pitts, 22. Andrews finishes the tight end four. Kyle Pitts finishes the tight end 33. Sick. Both are unrestricted free agents in 2026.
2: I'm gonna go Pitts. I think that there the uncertainty at quarterback with Lamar Jackson does scare me a little bit. Andrews does have a potential out after next season. He is going into that prime of his career. But I just think Pitts has that draft capital, man. We've never seen a tight end put up a thousand yards his rookie season. Pitts did that. He was playing with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter this year, got hurt. I mean, that's just a terrible quarterback play. You give him a guy. I keep bringing up Derek Carr. I don't know why, but you give him <laughs> a guy like Derek Carr, well, and like
0: he made some crazy comments at the Pro Bowl games today. You guys see that? I did not see his comments, I but I did see was there. he he made a nice throw. Ryan Clark was like, "Oh, you can sling it out in Vegas, bro. You're you're slinging the rock. Have you ever felt this hot in Vegas?" And he said, "No," and that's probably why I'm not going to be playing here any longer
2: hmm i so. also saw that he's not gonna like extend his like basically they have till february 15th to move him i think is what i saw
0: yes unless i'm about 15
2: can't read until but a
0: lot of money becomes guaranteed yes that the raiders have to pay
2: correct which jared carson carry is gonna get paid either way but i'm gonna go with pitts five years younger it takes these tight ends a while people forget about it if there's a league made of years panic on panicking on pits and, oh my gosh, I drafted him top three overall and he hasn't panned out like Justin, like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, whatever these guys are, right? Please go buy him. I mean, we've seen so many guys just, it takes them a really long time and Kyle Pitches is, isn't there yet. Will next year be his year? Maybe. But when he does have that year, he's going to be worth a lot more than he is right now and you could double your investment easily. So I'm going to go with Pitts. The age is the big factor for me and the draft capital. Um, I'll pass it to JB. I'll
3: put it like this. My answer is going to be Kyle Pitts, but I think a good way to put it is if I had the choice of, if I'm in the middle, right, and I had the choice of competing with Mark Andrews or rebuilding with Kyle Pitts, I'm going to rebuild with Kyle Pitts. So that's the way I would put it. There's a old saying that it takes a village to
0: raise a child. Well, it feels like that with tight ends. It really does. Like the first couple of years they come in the league, it feels like it takes a village and multiple years to really get them going. Look at Hawkinson. I think he's a a perfect example where he was a huge draft pick by the lions got traded and really hasn't been fantasy relevant. I will say fantasy relevant, meaning like you're putting up really good numbers for a tight end. He he hasn't been fantasy relevant really in his career until this year. And when I look at a guy like that, it took him so long to become relevant. It took long for Andrews to become relevant. It took a decent amount of time for Kelsey to really become who he was, right? So I think the investment in Pitts is where you need to go with this. Former Mark Andrews owner here. I traded him a couple of weeks ago. He is my guy. I'll probably end up trading back for him, you know, as it gets closer to the season if Lamar resigns. I don't know. I I think it's just too up in the air. It's way too up in the air.
2: Yeah. Can I say something real quick before we move on? You brought up Hawkinson, and I like Hawkinson. The trade in your inbox is for Hawkinson. But 37% of his points came off two games. That's a lot of points.
0: Yeah, but he also didn't arrive in the competent offense that used him correctly until the end of the year.
2: It was week nine. He had more than half the season. But I mean, I think it's going to be interesting
3: to see how Hawkinson evolves into that offense next season to see if he could step up as like a true number two over an Adam Phelan or a KJ Osborne, which I think he's got a pretty good chance to do. Um, But no, I think the thing to remember about Kyle Pitts is that although he did line up as an inline tight end like way too much this offseason, season. That is not going to be the case for the rest of his career. Like they drafted him where they drafted him because he could be a potential top five wide receiver in the league, not just tight end. The fact that he has some versatility and is big enough to go block when he needs to, is just like icing on the cake, a cherry on top. Like this dude is going to line up out wide in the slot. If we see him in the backfield lined up, like kind of like in a Cooper cup, kind of Justin Jefferson thing, just to get him the ball in the near future. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all either. Like he is built different might take us a while to see it, but I mean, we've been saying it since his name has been brought up. He is like the one true cheat code. Whereas if he hits somewhere in the next two seasons and we get top end stuff from him starting at age 24, whatever, I mean, it is literally going to be like, People are going to be complaining about him being el- eligible to be a tight end. We're going to be calling for him to be a wide receiver in fantasy leagues. That's that kind of cheat code. All
0: right, let's move into the last one. Uh, we got the old folks home here. Uh, running backs of old, Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. Kamara, given his upcoming suspension question mark, uh, he's 27. Currently, he finishes the RV 16 on the year. Unrestricted free agent in 2026. I believe he'll be like Thirty years old, um, and Zeke, another running back that got paid, and the second he got paid, just went right downhill. Uh, RB twenty-two, unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty-seven. Looks like Zeke's probably going to restructure his deal this year to stay with the Cowboys, but I don't know. It's this is a war of attrition between these two old geezers. It's like somebody, uh, it's like they're having a fight at the IHOP.
2: Both are really, really gross. I mean, they've both been doing it for a long time. I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. I think his suspension will only be four to six games maximum. He doesn't have as much wear and tear on the tires that Zeke does. And I just have more confidence in that Saints offense and Saints team than Dallas does right now. With no Kellen Moore, I don't know what they're going to do at wide receiver. Dak took a step back this year. The Saints really can only go up. And I think that Kamara has a year, maybe two left in him. So I'll go with AK.
3: I'll go with AK as well. I think Zeke's going to start giving us like, I feel like we know where he's trending and it's very like Adrian Peterson esque where like, he'll probably pop off and score touchdowns and get six yards in a game and be like, Ooh, you remember Zeke, but otherwise it's going to be him plotting for 15 carries and 24 yards. And you pray to God, he trips and falls into the end zone. Like that is very well that's coming. And like, like you said, this team, I think they add another piece. I think they start to lean on Dak a little more, especially with TP, um, you know, with the ankle or the fractured fibula, I think is what it is with him. Like, yeah, so he broke the outer fibula. I don't mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. Okay. Well, so that you know, we'll see if he gets re signed. Like, I think the running back room is uh, you know, I think I feel like they're not gonna be an established the run team unless they get a B. John Robinson or something from the draft. So pass catching running backs like Kamara they tend to, you know, age a little easier. Look at Austin Eckler, what he going to be 28 next season. I mean, um, and still looks as explosive as ever. I think AK looked explosive at times this season, but I think it was interesting though. Like David Johnson was running more routes than him at certain points this season, which was really concerning to me. So I, that's definitely a trend to watch out for, because if he loses his pass catching role or it starts to lose part of it, like, Okay, then I might be in on like the Zeke plotter and, you know, break glass emergency. Hopefully he can get a one one yard rushing touchdown or two. I think I'm going to be on the opposite side of you guys. I
0: feel like we're a lot of us are in lockstep with, you know, a million different players. But here I'm looking at I think Alvin Kamara will put up a better year than Zeke. But I think the value that Zeke presents right now and what you can really get him for is just absurd just I feel like I could get him for a late second in just about any draft right now, uh, yeah. any – sorry, not draft, any league. And to be able to get a guy who could, you know, fall in the end zone, let's say like eight times next year, I'll take that every day, of the week and twice on Sunday for that value. And then just the yards on top, that's just a cherry. So I, I think it has to be Zeke for me in this particular moment. I don't – I hope I didn't sway either of you guys because I think Kamara is a fine bet. But I think Zeke, he's gonna be a really good value this upcoming
3: season. I think one thing he Zeke has gone for him is one, Dak Prescott is his best friend. Like that's gonna carry some weight for sure, especially with the contracts that both of them have being locked up for as long as they are. Like, you know, their conversation's like, bro, we're gonna be so good until we're both 35. Like, that's the way they talk. And you know, we see the light, we see the truth. The the cliff is there for Zeke. But I think the thing that saves him other than being buddies with Dak is he's such a good pass protector and has always been a good pass catcher throughout his career.
0: He's the best pass protector when he goes up
3: against the nose tackle. Yeah. I mean, he's, we've seen (laughs) clips. We've seen clips of him taking out two guys at once like this dude. He is a legit pass protector. And although he might be, slow and doesn't have the burst like neither did Lenny Fournette but like you get a check down king like Tom or Dak turns into a check down king those are free points if you play in a PPR type league so I think that could definitely save him a little bit especially if they don't address the running back position like they're just going to keep running Zeke out there all three downs to sit back there and pass protect and be a safety valve pass catcher if they can't land someone explosive that they like like Tony Pollard in that role. All right, let's
0: wrap up the show. Max, before we do, I wanted you to tell the people how they can enter into the Jalen Hurts jersey giveaway that we're doing, the signed
2: Jalen Hurts jersey giveaway. Yes, If you want a signed Jalen Hurts jersey from a quarterback that can't throw for 4,000 yards, but can oh, go Oh, to- <laughs> say <laughs> something Jalen- nice about Philly, man. <laughs> that's next episode. He can go to a Super Bowl. He could play an easy schedule. Long story short, Jalen Hurts is still an elite fantasy football option. He's still a very good quarterback. It is still a very, very, very cool Jersey. And there's so many cool ways to get it. Whether it is signing up for underdog and using our code, retweeting the tweet, whether it is leaving a review on Apple pod or Spotify and showing that to us listening to episodes gets you free entries. I mean, we're doing everything we can to push this out and we just want you guys to experience this super, super cool Jersey. So listen to this episode, send us a picture, whatever it is that was talked about in this episode, listen to previous episodes, write a review, download Underdog, and you've got a very good chance of winning. So there you go.
0: All right. We wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Follow us on Twitter at C, Super Producer Nick C. And Jace have been pumping out content over there, especially with the Senior Bowl going on this week. I'll give a full recap on next week's episode alongside with our NFL Super Bowl preview I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word am I do I have to say big game I'll say Super Bowl you know what no, Goodell, I'm I'm forcing you I'm yeah, forcing you to us. come to this podcast and make me not say
3: the word Super Bowl it, so if if we get sued because Roger Goodell is listening to our podcast and that comes out people are going to know old Raj is listening to us And I think that's going to, I, you know, I'll take that lawsuit. I feel like it'd be pretty minor. You know, we get some underdog money. We just take bite the bullet on that. And then we grow exponentially. All right. I wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Again, use our code
0: monarchy at underdog, get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. They got some cool things going on for the super bowl. So check them out over there. Remember this week, take it in. It's our one week off without a last football game of the year soak it in this is our this is our preseason for a full offseason of fantasy football so enjoy it take a deep breath and i'm going to say the last words of this podcast max is going to get mad go birds
1: thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast fancy some fantasy advice tweet or dm at dynasty monarchy on twitter until next time Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!